can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, a.k.a. CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C-M-A-H-C dot org. Welcome back. You're just in time for part two of Troubleshooting Controllers with Kelly and Dan. If you haven't caught part one yet, it's episode number 285. This episode will now continue where it left off last Tuesday. Not a normal thing at all. So like here, we had a a pool recently as a customer of my dad's. And he had an Omniologic. And when the remodelers came to do the plaster and the lights, they did something wrong and it blew the transformer and the board out. So my dad put put a new one in and um like a couple months later all of a sudden the actuators aren't working the fuses were blowing for the actuators and we're like okay well and normally when we troubleshoot boards you unplug everything right to see so you could single out to see what's causing that fuse to go out right. i'm going to tell everyone right now you need to go on Amazon and you need to buy fuses that go on two boards because yeah. when you do this, you're going to need another one after you find something that blows yep. it. I, in this particular job, I probably went through a hundred fuses to be completely honest. So we unplugged everything, went through every single aspect and could not, and it kept popping every single time. As soon as the power went to the board, it was a transformer. Transformer yeah. was back. Replace the transformer, replace the board. A couple weeks later, happening again. Then we had to replace the, and I have, you know, the Hayward rep coming out with me. Like, it's not just, there's like three or four of us there trying to figure this out. And then it was the power supply. So we replaced the power supply and the, and the new board. Got a call, call, what, two weeks ago. It's doing it again. And I wasn't able to go out with the rep this time, but I guess it was a transformer again blowing the board my hunch is it's the barbecue area that's connected to this this um panel that's blowing the transformer out that's my theory i i would suspect the power supply to the transformer is not stable so replace them twice well not not your power supply the power company feeding power that was the theory of my dad is they're yeah. not, it, that's what's happening. And of course the customer, he's very frustrated. He, he sent an email to us saying, Hey, I'm going to call Hayward and have him rip all of this out. Yeah. And we're, I'm just like, yeah, they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know, brownouts and surges, um, 
And uh, by chance, is this in a rural area or Mm-mm. no? Okay. You know, that, that kind of stuff, the, the transformer voltage coming out of the transformer is dependent on the voltage going into the transformer right. if the transformer is wired right. So if you have surges and brownouts, you can have the power going out of the transformer fluctuating, which can then potentially cause some problem with the board. Um, but, you know, there are weird things that, that happen that, that you just, and, and your point of breaking everything down, we, and that one that I just mentioned, the old Intella touch, um, that the board went bad. The equipment is in a basement that we built under the indoor portion of the room for the pool, for mm-hmm. the indoor, right? So, in upstairs from there is a control panel on the wall because this this was done i guess maybe it's more than 10 12 years ago now but anyway there's a wired control panel on the wall upstairs there's also because the intella touch doesn't have any kind of control built into it we've got a wired panel downstairs in the basement so that when you're down there you can do things without having to go up and down and up and down um well the panel upstairs quit working and as our technicians are troubleshooting it, you know, the first step is disconnect everything from it, pull all the relays off, pull all of the communication wires off, except the communication for the panel that you're working on mm-hmm. and see what happens then. Okay. The panel's still not working. All right. Well then take that panel off the wall, take it downstairs, disconnect the wire that was running to it grab a new four-wire conductor out of your truck, just a foot long, and attach it to the panel and to the board right there. You know you got a brand new wire, you know you got, and does it work at that point? No, it doesn't work. Okay, well, then it's either the panel or the board. Let's take the panel that was downstairs and connect it to that new wire that you just created because that panel was working. Mm-hmm. Does that panel work? No, that panel doesn't work either. All right, well, the COM port that you have that upstairs panel in on that board is bad. And this particular system, so, you know, communication wires on these things, I see people install them and try to shove, you know, four, five, six wires into every terminal on a COM port. And if you have more than two wires on a COM port, you, you just failed. Yep. You, you can only have two wires in any one position on a COM port. And this particular installation was that way. Like there's so much stuff going on. And, uh, who, you know, the, the, although we built the pool many years ago, um, the original owner at some point stopped using our service, switched to another company. That other company took what we had built as a indoor outdoor pool with a spa using an IntelliTouch to operate everything and split the spa out of it and put a separate control in for the spa, the spillover spa all by itself. Yeah. I have no idea why other than all I could figure is they didn't know what, and and that control, I think they put an easy touch in instead of an IntelliTouch. Okay. Uh, the only thing I can figure is that they were probably confused as to how we had set it up and didn't know what was going on. It was their way of getting around it. Well, in doing that, the, the wiring turned into a spaghetti mess and, and all kinds of 
junk was done and and that's where these multiple wires got put in um they tried adding screen logic to it <laughs> um variable speed pumps weren't used well i shouldn't say that originally there was one variable speed pump but then there were two or three two or three horsepower whisper flows okay. for running the spa jets and uh, we also have a a Badu swim jet in it. So there was a Badu pump that, that was in there. Um, at any rate, the, the wiring became a, an absolute disaster. So troubleshooting it down, breaking it down, get rid of everything, take everything out of the equation other than what you're dealing with bare minimum and see if it works. Um, you know, there, you could have shorts in the communication wire that are causing problems, right? Uh, you can have, other components at the end of the communication wire that have died or shorted that are causing problems. Yep. So you really need to break it down to its bare minimum and, and build it back up from there to see if you can track down which facet of what's going on is the problem. Is it the board? Is it the wiring? Is it an auxiliary control? Is it a, a wireless antenna? Is it a uh, a pump down the line? Something like that. Also, um, make sure that uh, I know Pentair and I know Hayward, they have firmware updates. Mm -hmm. So make sure but when you're going to start troubleshooting automation, start with, hey, do the, are they up to date? Yeah, absolutely. The um, You could be there for hours and that's all it was. Yeah, years ago, the IntelliTouch, this goes back to around 2006, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there. Um, there were problems with Pentair's salt systems having a firmware that was causing confusion to the older control systems. Okay. With older firmware. So if you, you know, we, we had a pool that we built and everything was done all at once, but the salt cell, of course, you know, five, six years in it died. So we put a new salt cell in. And shortly after putting the new salt cell in, had all kinds of weird things happening from the control system. Things turning on and off on their own and, and just a lot of oddities. And eventually tracked it down to the salt cells firmware uh, being a newer firmware was not really compatible with the IntelliTouch's firmware. So we flashed the IntelliTouch firmware to bring it up to the most current version, and then everything was working fine. But that's one of those kind of things that you you really got to stay on top of the manufacturers, you know, their their tech bulletins that they put out, and and the training that you can go to, and all that kind of stuff to to make sure that you're you're up to speed on those things. Otherwise, you chase your tail all day long and never figure it out. Right. I don't know. Does. Um, the OmniLogic stuff from Hayward, the, the new IntelliCenter uh, at this point now, it updates sort of on its own through the internet. It, it'll download the update or maybe you have to say, I think it's like anything else, like your, your tablet, your phone or your computer, you have to say okay to it, but otherwise it takes care of it. Um, you know, the, the older stuff, the IntelliS, IntelliTouches and the easy touches you have to have a laptop with a certain external component that plugs into the usb port on the laptop and plugs into the board 
that you're in a flash and you have to download the new firmware and, and run it through. It's not nearly as user-friendly as the IntelliCenter is. What does, how does Hayward do their firmware stuff? So now, as long as you have your Omni 4.0 or higher, it you can download the firmware over the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't do it like automatically while you're sleeping. <laughs> it, yeah. You do have to, it'll come up with an alarm. It'll say upgrade available. And then you just push on it and say, okay. okay. Uh, if you do not have the internet available for whatever reason, you do have the option to use a USB where you can go on your computer, go to the website, download the firmware updates, and then do it that way. I carry a USB for my pen, for the Pantera firmware updates and for the Hayward updates. Sure. Just in case I'm at a job, I'm having issues, and I need to upgrade the system to continue my troubleshooting if necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got my own pool. I've got an Intel Center on it, and I also have a wireless control panel for it. Mm-hmm. So aside from using the Intel Center app on phone or tablet, I've got a handheld touchscreen for it. And uh, just before getting the pool up and running this year, I turned that wireless unit on, and my outdoor control system is always powered up because I've got lights in the yard and things like that that are in the off-season still run through it. So I turn the breakers off for the pumps and everything I don't want to run, but the the control center is still running. Well, the the handheld, when I powered it up, it came up and said, oh, there's a firmware available, update available. And I had known about it because Spencer sends these bulletins, but wasn't using it much through winter, so I didn't do it. So I went, okay, go ahead and, and update. So it updated the firmware on my handheld. And uh, I don't know, sometime later, days, a week or whatever, get the pool up and running and I'm outside using the control in the IntelliCenter box outside. And I didn't remember that there was a firmware update out there, right? So I get the pool all running and, and everything's set. And a couple of days later, I'm in the house. The weather, as I said, it's been cold and rainy and crappy outside. So I grabbed the handheld to go and do something and it wouldn't work. <laughs> Well, I had the handheld to the most current version of the firmware and the pool control outside was a couple versions back because there were a couple updates over the winter. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't talk to it. Well, it was kind of cool. The IntelliCenter, the handheld gave me the ability very easily in the settings of reverting back to the old firmware. It, oh. it retained the old firmware as well as the new. So I was able to go in and say, reboot the handheld to the old firmware. And a couple seconds later, it came up and then I could run the whole pool from the handheld, no problem. But I still, so it actually, I thought that was pretty clever that they they don't just completely wipe, you know, it's it's stored in memory that you can revert back to it if you need to. It's pretty cool. I've had to do that once with an Omni that we were having issues with because it was a known firmware issue. Sure. And they were currently working on getting that newest update where I had to go backwards too. Kelly and Dan will be right back after these messages. 
Have you heard there is a group of pool service professionals nationwide that are here to help grow and protect your business? The Independent Pool and Spa Service Association, known as IPSA, is here to help you. By joining the largest trade organization created by and for pool and spa service techs, you gain access to industry networking opportunities, exclusive educational offerings, IPSA's Tech for Tech route coverage, and more. So be independent, supported, and part of a professional community. Go to IPSSA.com to learn how to be a member of IPSA today. I think another thing that's important for people to know when working with automation troubleshooting, so you have, let's say you're, you get a call and they say that things aren't um, running right. You're like, okay. And then you get there. And now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not oh, like you've been working okay. on or anything. So. so I know, but no, it's more of, don't be afraid to do a factory reset. Oh yeah. And just start over because yeah. I get a lot of calls where people are like, Oh, you know, it's not working right. It's not doing what I'm telling it to. And I'll be like, well, did you change anything recently? Well, yeah, I changed a bunch of stuff. And sometimes these automation systems will double up right. programming. And so it it's not ever going to work. So you're going to save time by doing that factory reset. Yeah, you got to program everything. But the more you do it, the faster you get, you know, the average pool setup I can do in five minutes. Yeah. But it's going to save you hours. I have uh, actually just in the last week run into that. We see it pretty frequently. And I think it's tied into the fact that a lot of these pools are off for three, four or five months in the, in the off season, everything is shut down and the control systems often aren't because like I said, you had yard lights or who knows whatever tied into it. And when everything is brought back online in the spring, um, this one particular system is a pent air system. Their variable speed pump was always programmed to run 24 seven. It's a, a little pool, 12 by 24 gunite pool that we built, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. It's got an automatic cover. Well, she decided this year that until they start heating and using and the grandkids are coming over, she doesn't want to run it all day. She wants to run it 12 hours a day. Yeah. So she changed the schedule 12 hours a day, but the pump wasn't responding to it. It kept running all day. And she reached out to me and, and I, you know, did a couple of things. There are egg timers and penter systems that sometimes people confuse, you know, because they manually are turning the pump on and off and her egg timers were set to 12 hours, depending on when she's doing it. Maybe she's doing it at the end of the cycle and it's running continuously. So I had to kind of make sure she wasn't doing that kind of stuff. But the easy touch systems have a reset button, uh, big and bold right on the front of the panel in the box outside. And what it really is doing is sort of a, like rebooting your Windows computer. So it's yeah. not factory resetting it where it's wiping all of the data and you have to reprogram it. It's just rebooting it and rereading all the information over again. And that took care of it. Uh, the reset button on the easy touch is something that I think a lot of people are afraid of doing because they they think it is going to wipe the whole thing out and they don't know how to program it or they're not proficient at it. So they don't want to do that. Um, but on the easy touch system, that's it's really just kind of like a a soft boot, you know, like telling your Windows computer to to reboot, not powering it down, but to reboot. 
and yeah. that took care of her problem. Then the pump was running the cycles as it was supposed to be. But there, there can easily be in the Pentair systems. I've seen what I kind of refer to as ghost programs. You can't yeah. see them, but they're there. And uh, you know, if if a reset, a, a soft reset doesn't do it, then a hard reset, like you're saying, going back to factory original, or if there is a new uh, firmware out there, sometimes flashing it with the newest firmware will wipe any of that ghosting out of it too. Right. And believe me, from I've had word it was just a firmware update that needed to be done, be, and the lights weren't working right. You know, mm. stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Um, what else with control systems? Uh, compatibility, like you said. You know, I hate seeing people that are using you know Frankenstein equipment pads. Right? Hayward this, Jandy that, Pentair that. Uh, all three of them are are great manufacturers. If you find one that just stick with all the same stuff. It just really makes things cleaner and easier. And, and you, you're not going to have to mess with communication. Uh, we had a pool. It's been a few years now that um, after we put a control system in, it was a retro, you know, some, an existing pool, probably 25, 30 years old that we put a control system on. And the people had, Sam Pentair Sam lights in the pool, right? And those those lights had uh, conventional bulbs, if you will, but a color wheel in front mm-hmm. of the bulbs, not unlike fiber optic for those that remember what that is. Um, so when we set the control system up, we set it up to run Pentair Sam lights. Well, those Sam lights eventually must have gone bad because they had some other company come out and replace them with Jandy. No, Hayward, Color Logic. That's Hayward, right? Yeah. yeah, with Color Logic lights. And then proceeded to call us and complain that the control system isn't working their lights and something's wrong with it. Neglected to tell us they had someone else put new lights in. Um, but when they wanted the, you know, the lights to change color, they weren't doing what they wanted, you know, because, well, there isn't any way to get the color logic oh, lights to talk to a Pentair Easy Touch system. No. The the colors are never going to match. It's it just doesn't work. And uh, you know, but they they had us come out to repair a system that was just a couple years old and it and it there was no problem with the system. They spent a lot of money on two pool lights that are never going to work right for them. Well, and that's the thing is like there are certain yes, don't get me wrong, there's times I go into jobs and I'll sell maybe Hayward instead of something else, but it's gonna be dependent on what they already have there. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you have Pentair system and you want me to give you color lights that change and all that, I'm gonna give you the Pentair lights because I want you to get the full capability of it. Yeah. If you have a Hayward system but you like Jandy, yeah, you could put those Jandy lights on there, but they're not gonna get the omnidirect um function where they can speed up the shows slow them down dim them brighten them none of that and you're not going to get all the colors and stuff that you normally would with that automation system right so unless it's a white light stick to the brand yeah and you can't do white light on anymore because it's because of you and your your Californian push. they have led white lights uh who the hell wants to spend money on an led if it's Uh, white 
I've had a few this week. <laughs> I just want no. white. And I'm like, okay, it's only like $200 cheaper. Yeah, right, right. You really seriously want it? I get commercial pools. Okay, that makes sense. They they really shouldn't have colored lights because they're not getting the lumens out of red or or whatever that, that they need to to stay within the code for swimming at night. But um, but other than commercial properties, residential, white LEDs, I, I don't get it at all. Go color, put all the different shows in, and uh, and use the right controls for the right lights, for the right pumps, and try, exactly. and, try and make sure that everything's going to be compatible when you're doing it. Many of the automatic covers now have interface boards that you can tie into the control systems. So if the cover is closed, that it won't maybe let water features run or things like that. I had one of those where they had an automated cover and I linked it to the, uh, the Omni and mm -hmm. the laminars were unable to turn on if that was closed. Right. I hate them. I hate right. those systems i uh very i can't I, to be completely honest it's very confusing on how to do it <laughs> well i can't tell you how many times i've seen them fail and when yeah. they fail you're potentially destroying thousands of dollars of auto cover stuff because that you know you're pumping water on top of a cover and no one knows it and next thing you know the cover rips out of the tracks or you know and the tracks rip off the deck anything, and, anything can fail at any point yeah, it can, but the the failure rate to the point that you know the cover manufacturer we used for for a number of years that had, I think they they were the ones that originally came out with that ability. Um, it was one of the reasons that I switched to a different manufacturer because they they had these things failing left and right and allowing water features to run and to run onto the covers and destroying the covers and then they wouldn't do anything to help us out with uh the cost of repairing the damage it was done and they would always fall back to well you know the homeownership should have realized that that was going on and and done something about it and i was like you sold us and we sold them on the aspect of this being an automated system so they don't have to worry about it it, it was the the next step in idiot proofing the backyard and the pool yeah. and uh, and it failed and that failure is now going to cost them, you know, back then, and this is going back many years, but a $3,000 fabric or $2,000 fabric or whatever it was at the time. Um, in addition to potentially tracks and who knows what else. And uh, anyway, it, it, it ended up that we did, Drop that vendor and switch to a different cover company. And and I said, I'm never going to use any of those interlock systems ever again. Customers just need to know, don't turn your water <laughs> features on when your cover is closed. Right. And then it's truly on them. You know, I don't ever presume to tell them that, hey, this is going to protect you on its own because inevitably something will go wrong and they'll do it and it'll be wrecked. So... But it is out there. It does work. Um, we had a woman that came in our store the other day um, wanting to upgrade her automatic cover switch, right? Just a conventional rocker switch, okay. cover star cover, I'm guessing, to an app that she could run from her phone. Okay. And when we told her that you there is no such thing, you can't do that. 
she, oh, that's ridiculous. I can do everything from my phone. And you just either don't know how to do it or don't want to do it. And we we explained to her, well, there's a safety issue there because, you know, if, if you're at work and you decide to close your cover and someone's swimming in the pool, you could end up trapping them in the pool. And she, she just completely would not have it and and said, I'll take my business elsewhere if you don't want to help me with what I'm looking for. So I don't know. Craziness. <laughs> well, those are some little things for troubleshooting. Yeah. But I think bits. those are important ones. And you know what, the the aspect of uh, right now with May, just trying to think of ways of getting people to be able to operate, to get them through the next couple weeks, few weeks, uh, to where we've got a little bit of breathing room before we head into the 4th of July and get caught up a little bit and get out and make repairs. So I, I think if anything, uh, hopefully some people come, come away from listening to today with a couple of thoughts on how they might at least keep people operating by maybe going a little old school and pulling portions of the control system out of the equation if need be uh, to, to let things run. So with any luck, maybe that helps a couple of people out out there. And if they did, well, then May 9th was a good day for us, Kelly. <laughs> well, good luck, everybody. Thank you to our sponsors, IPSA and CMAC. Absolutely. And- let us know if you have any questions, concerns, advice, whatever you want us to talk about. Absolutely. But mostly try to say, stay safe and stay sane. And breathe. Breathe. <laughs> uh, talk to one another. Talk to family. Whatever you got to do to get through these next few weeks. And, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll be here in another week to try to help you through part of your day again. So stay safe, everybody. Have a good night. Or good day. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People, for the Pool People, by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 